thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. To the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We are so glad you're joining us today for Jesus the Healer. I tell you what, the Word will transform our life. And so we are here. We're ready to receive. And I tell you what, get your own Bible out and get your notepad. Get a pencil or pen and follow along with us because we're believing God for answers for your life. We're believing God that things that you need to have knowledge of, you're going to gain knowledge of. And not only that, that God will speak to you. And it matters that we take note of what God says to us. Amen. We've been studying on the mind because the word has so much to say about the mind. And not only that, Jesus paid the price for us to have a mind that is sound. And so we've been using as our golden text, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. And it reads, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power, or we could say this, authority. We could say this, anointing. Amen. He has given us power of love and look at this, a sound mind, not a squirrely mind, not a tormented mind, not a troubled mind, but he has authored for us a sound mind. So we have to do our part to walk in that. Amen. It's part of our inheritance in Christ. I like what the Amplified says when it describes a sound mind. It says a calm mind. It says a well-balanced and disciplined and self-controlled mind. So notice this, that when you see the words discipline and control, that means that we're paying attention to what's going on in our thought life. That means we don't just let our thought life run anywhere it wants to go and touch into any old thing it wants to touch into because a sound mind will not go the wrong direction. Amen. Um, I, I've been starting also with another verse that has been one of my favorites because this is a verse that really God used with me um, getting out, a, 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 out of a particular test that I was faced with. And I was so grateful for the light that he gave me on this. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 11. And I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Classic Translation. Paul is writing and he says, not that I am implying that I was in any personal want for I have learned how to be content, satisfied to the point where I am not disturbed or disquieted in whatever state I am. 
Now think of the state he was in when he wrote this. He was sitting in a prison. <laughs> and he was sitting in a prison wrongfully. I mean, he was not, a, he was, he was not doing anything uh, to harm society. He was being a blessing to men and was put there wrongfully. Listen, many times we find our, our, our lives and our, our families and situations that are put there maybe by someone else. But I tell you what, no matter what situation you're in, God has intended that that situation not be a, an undoing place for you. Right. Amen. And Paul said, I have learned how to be content. He wasn't content being in the prison. He was content while he was there. Meaning this, he wasn't waiting for his circumstances to change before he lived in peace. He wasn't waiting for his circumstances to change before he believed he had victory. Amen. He said, right in this prison, he says, I'm not disturbed. I'm not disquieted. Amen. Now that's victory. So much of the time people are waiting for the devil to leave them alone so that they can have peace and so that they can feel like they have victory. But I tell you what, it's not about anything that the devil's doing. It's what, it's what are we believing? What is our attention on and what are we holding to? Amen. Amen. The word has something to say about our attention and it's important what we do with our attention because our faith is connected to what we do with our attention. I want to read to you out of Proverbs chapter four and verse 20. He writes in verse 20, my son attend to my words and we could read it this way and still be correct. My son put your attention on my words. Amen. Notice this, something else wants your attention. That's why God is saying, attend to my words, because there's other things you could be attending to. And he's saying, make sure that what's foremost in your attention is my words. He said, attend to my words, incline your ear unto my sayings. What's that mean? Listen to him when something else is talking. Make sure that everything that talks to you does not have to be listened to. The Bible says there's many voices in the world. Just because something is talking to you does not mean that you have to take that in. Amen. You have to learn this. Everything that comes to your mind did not come from your mind. Learn that. Because if you'll learn that that's not my thought, that didn't come from me. Then you'll learn to turn your ear away from the things that are the wrong things. So he says, incline your ear unto my sayings. Verse 21, let them not... Depart from thine eyes, keep them, his words, in the midst of thine heart, for they, his words, are life. To who? To those that find them. Now, we can't be negligent toward his word and think that we're going to experience the best. His word is able to work for those who are putting their attention on his words. Because that's what he said, attend to my words. So for they are life unto those that find them. Look at this. And health and medicine to all their flesh. For the word to be health and medicine to us, it has to have our attention. If our bodies have our attention, our, our, then the, uh, the health and medicine of God's word will not be able to do the work it should do. It's all our intention is involved on what we're going to receive of what God's provided. Amen. Now, how important attention is, you think about in a classroom setting, you can have a, a child that's in a classroom, be very intelligent child, uh, really capable of learning, have a good teacher, uh, 
have all the necessary school books, have all the necessary supplies, but if that child won't pay attention and doesn't give proper attention to their study, they can still fail no matter how intelligent they are. Because intelligence, does, it does not take the place of listening. Of what do you have your attention on? Amen. Likewise, we can be born of God. Have an assignment on God because God, every one of God's people are called to something. Every single one of us have a call on our life, may have an anointing on our life. We may be even part of a wonderful church. We may be even, even able to quote part of the Bible may have all these wonderful Bible study resources and everything at our, at our fingertips. But if we don't discipline our attention, we can still fail. Why? Because having these resources does not ensure success. What are we doing with our attention? I said, what are we doing with our attention? To drive this home, years ago, I was flicking across the television and I like I like biography type things. I like history type things. And I stopped on, it was one of the history type programs. And they were talking about, and they were doing a story on a man who had, um, and I'm not quite sure of the location. I think I have it right, but I'm not going to say it because I'm not 100% on that. But there's a place out here in California where they have a, a, they've developed a telescope that looks into outer space and you can see further. And it was at that time that it was built, it was, of course, the most advanced telescope in the world. Well, there was a certain scientist who had the vision for this. And he had presented this to all the big money moguls of the day. Henry Ford was part of this and, you know, Rockefeller and different ones that they gave him resources and funding to build this observatory and that also would, that he had the resources to invent uh, this telescope that would look further into outer space than we'd ever looked before. And so this man, this scientist, he had a team of other scientists that worked with him. But they ran into all kinds of obstacles because he had to invent things. It wasn't just about building something. He had to invent um, and create certain kinds of, of, you know, telescopic glasses and all kinds of things and, and mirrors and all this. And so he was really forging a new path. And there was a lot of pressure on him. He had received millions of dollars from these men who had invested in this project. And um, they weren't interviewing the man who did it, but they were interviewing one of his co-workers. And this man was like in his 90s by this time. And he told an interesting story on that broadcast. He, and he was speaking of his boss, the man who had spearheaded this project. And he said he started having mental problems the pressure, the, um, just the responsibility started bearing down on him. And he, of course, wasn't resting properly. You know, when people don't rest properly, the body starts breaking down. And so he was in this setting to where all these things were really piling up against him. And one day his coworker, his co-scientist was in the laboratory and the man who was spearheading this project came in and confided in him. And he said something, it, you could tell he, he said you could tell he was troubled because this man who spearheaded this was said, last night 
I was in my bedroom and I was trying to fall asleep and he said, a being came into my room. Well, he was seeing an evil spirit. It wasn't an angel. He was seeing an evil spirit. And he said, this being came up to me and said, your attention is mine and it will always be mine. And he said, I was so, he said, my mind is just so troubled and harassed. And I thought how interesting and revealing when that evil spirit said that to him. He didn't say your life is mine. He didn't say your mind is mine. He didn't say your finances are mine. He didn't say your family is mine. He didn't say your future is mine. He said your attention is mine. And he said, and it always will be mine. What's the devil after? He's after your attention. If he can't get your attention, he can't get your thought life. He can only get. He can only gain entrance where he's given a place, and it's our attention that gives him a place. That's why, no doubt, the word is warning us. Not only that, equipping us. Proverbs four verse twenty. My son, attend to my words. He told us what to do with our attention. When you're faced with a need, that's what to do with your attention. That is your answer. People are saying, oh God, I don't know what to do about this. I don't know what to do about this. He already answered it. When you're faced with a need, put your attention on his words. Amen. And uh, I thought it's so revealing that the enemy wants your attention because if he can get your attention, he can get your family, he can get your future, he can get your health, he can get your future if he can get your attention. But this is why we've been given a sound mind. It's a disciplined mind. It's a mind that's controlled. Why? We don't give our attention to what to the wrong thing. If it's not going to lead us to peace and joy, we reject it. Amen. Amen. And that's how you know whether or not to to receive or reject something. Is this going to add to my peace? Is this going to add to my joy or not? If it's not, I cast it down. I answer that wrong thought. I don't take that thought in and turn it over in my head. You cannot outthink wrong thoughts. You better talk to them. You better answer them. Wrong thoughts have to be answered with words. Amen. And you have to, this is one way you guard your faith. You protect your faith as you protect what you allow your attention to go to. Amen. That's why it tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, casting down imaginations. Why? That's taking control of your thought life. That's called walking in the Spirit. Amen. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Why? Because what you think about is what your attention is on. Amen. If something is troubling us, it's because our attention is on the wrong thing. It does. We're not troubled because we're tested. We're troubled because our attention is on the test. A test cannot make you fail. Can't. Jesus spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly, handed us the victory. It's if he can sway us, if the enemy can sway us away from our victory. What is our victory? The word, what God says. Amen. Amen. Now, I want us to look here again. Proverbs 4 says this. Proverbs 4 verse 20. My son, attend to my words. Put your attention on my words. And then it tells us how to do that. 
That's what the rest of these verses are telling us. How do we put our attention on our on his word? Number one, we incline our ear to his sayings. What's that mean? Other things are going to be talking to us. We decide, I don't care what I hear of others. I'm not going to listen to it. If it contradicts what God is saying to me, I will not listen to it. And you say, Pastor Nancy, I can't help but listening. Just because you hear it doesn't mean you have to listen. How many times have we walked in to a, a room of our home and maybe the kids had the TV going and somebody else has a computer going, another one's playing an instrument or some other device and you can hear all of it, but you're not listening to all of it at once. You're choosing what you're listening to. I tell you what you listen to is under your control. What your attention is on is under your control. And just because it's heard does not mean you have to listen. You don't have to let it in. Amen. So the number one way that we put our attention on his words is we turn our ear or incline thine ear unto my sayings. Look at that. Incline thine ear. The word incline means to lean or bend in a particular direction. So you lean toward what God is saying. Lean away from what the enemy is saying. Whatever direction you lean is the direction you're going to go. Amen. No wonder when Peter, Jesus told his disciples, he says, I'm going to be offered up and you know, I'm going to be taken from you. And what did Peter say? Oh no, 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 not you. What Jesus do? He turned his back to him. What was he doing? He was inclining his ear away from him and toward what he knew that God had already told him would happen. Jesus had to do the same thing. He had to turn his back to the wrong words. That's what faith does. It turns its back to what is not of God. You learn to put behind you, meaning this, you're not getting my attention. That's what Jesus was saying. My attention's not yours. And to show that my backside is yours. You can look at my back. <laughs> Amen. Sometimes you may have to just physically turn yourself around and say, I'm not, that's not my thought. And you just answer that thing. Turn yourself away from it. You can't turn yourself away from it turning the thought over in your mind. How do you turn your, what do you do with that thought life? You pick your, you pick your mind up off of what was suggested and put it on something else on purpose. Put it on the word. Amen. Put it on praising God. So to incline your ear means to lean or bend a particular direction. So he's saying to, to attend to my word, you're going to have to put your ear in my direction. You're going to have to decide who you're going to listen to. What if, what if loved ones say something different than what God's saying? You got a choice to make. God's already made it clear what our choice should be. It's what he says. Amen. You're going to have to sometimes turn your ear away from people who don't understand why you're not listening to them. But to stick with God and to stay with what he says, you have to protect your hearing. Amen. The next thing, the, so the first thing we do to attend to his words is we incline our ear unto what he says. The next one is in verse 21. He says, let them, his words, not depart from thine eyes. Keep that in your view. Yeah. Isn't he talking again about what, what are you focused on? He's not just talking about your natural eyes. He's also talking about the eyes of faith, to see with the eyes of faith. There was a, a young man years ago, my husband and I went to a church to minister. 
And they brought up in the ministry line a little, a 19 year old, a 19 year old guy. And they told us his testimony. He was a professional tennis player. He was getting ready to go on the professional circuit for that season. And one of the things that they require for all their participants is they have to get a physical before they start that, that professional circuit. He went to just get a physical. He didn't know that there was anything wrong with him and they found a very, um, a very serious form of cancer in his body. So um, they began treatments with him. They brought him to the healing line that my husband was ministering to people there at that church. And my husband laid hands on him. The next year we went back and my husband said to the pastor, whatever happened to that young man who played tennis? And he said, he's sitting right over there. And the pastor told us, told us his testimony. He said, they did all kinds of medical treatments on him that really were devastating to, that would have been devastating to his health, but said he got him a life-size poster of himself playing tennis and had it put at the foot of his bed on the wall opposite his bed. And he looked at that thing all day and he said, I'll do that again. They told him he'd never play again. They gave him a very short time to live. What did what was he doing? It says, let, let God's words not depart from thine eyes. You have to, by faith, see yourself up and well. See yourself doing what circumstances tell you you can't do, what symptoms tell you you can't do. What did he do? He changed his focus. He decided what his attention was going to be on. To attend to his words, it involves your eyes. What are you going to keep in front of you? It involves your ears. What are you going to turn to? Listen, when, you are in a, when you're in a fight of faith, you don't have any room for anything else but what God says. You don't have any room for anything else but what God says. And then t- verse 21 again, Proverbs 4, 21. Let them, my words, not depart from thine eyes. Look at the third thing that we have to do. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. Why? You have to drive into your spirit the truth of God's word. It's not enough to just memorize it and be able to mentally agree with it. You have to drive that into you. You have to speak that word over and over and over, not to try to coerce God into something, but to have that word abiding in you, that it's engrafted in you. James says, receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. Notice it's not just the appreciated word. It's not just the memorized word. It's the engrafted word. It's only the engrafted word that you can live. You can't live just something you've memorized. It's got to be made part of your heart. You drive that into your spirit. So when Proverbs 4 verse 20 says, My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my... Well, let me back up. Attend to my words. The way to do that, number one, it's going to involve your... your, It's going to involve your ears. Number two, it's going to involve your eyes. Number three, it's going to involve your heart. Then as these things are being addressed, now verse 22 will work for you, for they are life. Yeah. 
unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. So I want you to see that our attention is such a vital part of the word doing its work in our lives. Go with me to 2 Corinthians in chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Listen, you're going to see a lot of things. You're going to hear a lot of things, but you decide what your attention is fixed on. Think about this. I was quoting and referring in a previous episode about how David fought Goliath. When he was telling King Saul, I'll go fight him, he had to convince the king that he was a worthy opponent. And what he did, he rehearsed his past victories. He told the king, he says, uh, uh, I was taking care of my father's sheep and a bear came, a lion came, and I went after them and I took that sheep out of their mouth. This was hand-to-hand combat that he, he, he succeeded in protecting his father's sheep. Notice this, bears, lions don't come up quietly. They make a lot of sounds on their approach. And you're going to hear a lot of threatening sounds in this life. You're going to hear the enemy throw a lot of threatening words and statements at your mind. You got to learn to not be afraid of what you hear. I said, don't be afraid of what you hear. Because that's where a lot of times people miss it. Fear gets in because they heard something. I remember my husband... um, he was around in his late fifties. Now, when he went home to be with the Lord, he was 72. So this happened about 14 years or so before he went home to be with the Lord. But he went to the doctor and the doctor told him, he said, you have cancer. And, um, my husband said this, he said, I could feel fear tangibly starting at my feet, coming up and start coming up my legs. And he said, just quietly under my breath, because he's sitting there in the doctor's office. He said, no, no, you don't. You get back down there. Now notice this. He felt something. What did he do? He did not believe that what he felt was something he had to accept. He spoke to fear. I think it's so interesting. He felt it come up his feet and up his legs. Why? It's under your feet. Keep it there. And it tries to come up and usurp a place and take a a place that it doesn't belong. It doesn't belong up around your head. Keep it down under your feet. Amen. Amen. He went home and about 10 minutes, uh, I arrived home about 10 minutes after he did and he said, I've already had a talk with God. I asked God, I said, God, you don't miss it. I missed it. Where did I miss it? See, it's never on God's side. I said, it's never on God's side. It's always on our side. And so God said, I told you two things. Number one, you haven't been resting. I told you to rest. And number two, you didn't obey me in the office that you're called to. And he said, Father, I repent. And God said, okay, in 30 days, it'll all be gone. And day 28, he went back and it was all gone. But what I'm trying to say is he had to decide early on, what was he going to do with those words he heard? He heard a sound that could have been frightening. When the doctor says, you've got this or you've got that, you've got to decide what to do when you hear sounds. Amen. I said, you've got to decide what to do. Amen. Well, victory belongs to us and a peaceful mind. One of the things that we so appreciate is that we're able to bring Jesus the healer 
to this network. And I so appreciate that Kenneth Copeland Ministries, that they have invited us to be on and they pay for the airtime. A powerful seed, a wonderful seed that they've sown to us. And so I'm gonna ask you if this broadcast is a blessing to you. And if you're not already, if you're not a partner with Kenneth Copeland Ministries, I ask you to pray about doing that. Go to kcm.org and let them know that you want to become a partner. Pray about that. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. Please join us for our annual Ladies' Conference at Wood Harvest Church in Marietta, California, October 4th through the 6th. Everyone is welcome to attend. For more information, visit our website at thefraneministries.org. Nancy Dufresne's book, Daily Healing Bread from God's Table, contains daily portions of healing bread for you to feast on and meditate on in your thought life throughout the day. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.